Welcome to On Air with Air Cargo World. I'm your host, Karen Livingston. Joining me today is Neil Vandewal, Managing Director of Clive Data Services. Clive is a startup data services company, which recently launched a new analysis dubbed the Dynamic Load Factor, which is aimed at measuring cargo load factors from a volumetric and a weight-based approach. Neil, welcome to the podcast, and thank you for joining us today. Uh, to begin, thank can, you. <laughs> to begin, me. Yeah, we're we're very glad to have you. Uh, to begin uh, our discussion today, can you give a brief overview of how your dynamic load factor measurement is different from traditional load factor m- measurements? Uh, yes, I can. The traditional uh, load factor measurement uh, focuses solely on the weight capacity and weight utilization uh, on planes. Mm-hmm. Um, our methodology considers both uh, the weight and volume capacity of flights, uh, as well as, of course, and the amount of weight and volume uh, put on those planes. And, and as a result of also accounting for the volume put on the plane and not just the weight, we see that our uh, load factors are much, much higher than if you were just considered the weight element. Right. In total, on a global level, our numbers are about 35% higher. Yeah, that's a, that's a major... Uh, deviation from from current uh, measurements. Um, with with tonnage being the measurement standard across most of the industry, how does a volumetric measurement fit into the air freight industry's performance metrics as as we know them today? Now, to be frank, I, I think it's an inconvenient truth, and not a negative one, but a positive one. It it it, it doesn't fit in mm-hmm. uh, easily because. Um, the uh, IATA airlines over the years have become accustomed to this methodology. Uh, the financial markets you know, uh, are accustomed to these numbers. So it's, it doesn't fit in well. Uh, but that doesn't mean it should not be embraced because it, uh, the dynamic load factor, as we call it, Mm-hmm. paints a far more realistic picture of how full planes really are than if you would just consider uh, the weight component. And along those same lines, as I understand it, volumetric measurement, at least on freighters, is based on the number of, of pallet positions on an aircraft. Um, is that the case for, for your load factor measurement, and how do you apply it to non-palletized cargo? Well, we focus on uh, wide-body aircraft and freighter aircraft. Okay. Because they carry the vast amount of freight globally. Uh, and therefore, the, uh, the non-palletized amount of freight uh, in those aircraft is minimal. Mm-hmm. But um, coming back to your, your question, uh, there are different ways of measuring how much uh, capacity was taken up on the flight and looking at the utilization of positions is definitely one of them um, and, and 
alternate version is that airlines measure uh, some the airway bills, all the individual airway bills that they put on the plane, and they have the dimensions uh, of those individual shipments, and they sum that up to get to a, a number of uh, cubic meters that they put on that individual plane. So there's not one, <laughs> as often <laughs> in this industry, there's not one standard. Mm -hmm. um, but these are the two main methodologies used by airlines to determine um, how full the plane was from a volumetric point of view. Okay, and I'm curious as to the types of conversations you, you've had with carriers about this issue. Uh, what exactly led you to decide the volumetric approach was the correct one? And uh, when you look back, do you see any specific tipping point at which time this approach began to make more sense than a weight-based measurement? Yeah, to make it clear, our dynamic load factor takes into account both the weight and the volume. Mm -hmm. And that there are, and the vast majority of flights are volume constrained, but there are some flights which are weight constrained, meaning that on average, uh, the payload and weight will be taken up before the flight is full from a volume point of view. So we take both um, into account. And this is something you got to cut from the podcast because I lost my train of thought. <laughs> um, yes. The, um, so the dynamic accounting for both the volume and the weight um, when you look at revenue management departments at airlines, they've been doing this for years already. Because they look at the, the revenue they get per position and not just the revenue per kilo. They already account for the volume taken up by shipment and the, uh, the relative revenue they get for that. This was uh, the tipping point that you asked me for. I think it started maybe 20 years ago, slowly, with the new wide-body aircraft coming into the market, the 777 mm -hmm. and the A330. Their, um, their weight payload was so superior to the aircraft they were replacing and the amount of weight that that aircraft could carry relative to its predecessor uh, grew a lot more than the amount of cubic meters it could ad additionally move. So when the new passenger planes came in, the, what we call the capacity density, and so the maximum amount of weight they could carry per cubic meter went up and has only been increasing by the years. Eh? But, when we see the A350s now and the and the Boeing 787s uh, and the A380s, their uh, capacity density uh, is far higher than the average density of the goods being moved. Mm -hmm. And there will be a lot of cargo payload left, even though uh, the plane might be completely full from a volume point of view. So I think it started somewhere maybe 20 years ago and uh, with more of these planes taking up more of the capacity, um, this deviation became more prominent. 
Okay, and and I, I can I can tell you now that if we look across the Atlantic, which is dominated by passenger flights, mm-hmm. uh, during certain times of the year, the the cargo load factor, uh, our dynamic load factor, is nearly eighty percent mm-hmm. higher than the traditional weight load factor, because these planes they fly short distances and have a very high weight payload. Uh, but not as much um, cubic meters available in the belly hole. Okay, and it it seems that uh, increasing e-commerce traffic has also had an an impact on on cargo density. Um, I know that some freighter operators have shared concerns that flying low-density e-commerce cargo isn't a very cost-effective use of their freighters. Uh, has your analysis so far using the dynamic load factor measurement shed any light on, on freighter utilization uh, compared to cargo moving in, in bellies of passenger aircraft? I can't comment on the um, the impact of, of e-commerce, mm-hmm. uh, besides that I also hear that the low density um, of that type of goods and, and the, the higher growth number uh, will also further impact the, the misleading picture that the weight utilization uh, or the standard, what we call it, the traditional load factor currently pays. Uh, we don't see, if, if we look at the, the, the busy routes, previously ex-Hong Kong and ex-China, we don't see a major difference. Uh, in the dynamic load factor when it comes to uh, the passenger flights or the freighter flights. Okay. And since what, it, what we oh, do see sorry. in general is that the the weight load factor is a bit higher on the freighter aircraft, but it has nothing to do, we believe, with the higher density of the cargo being moved but more with a lower capacity density that these aircraft have. And so the, as I mentioned earlier, the, the passenger aircraft tend to have a higher capacity density uh, and uh, the freighters have a lower capacity density. So even if you put the same amount of cargo uh, with the same amount of density on the passenger plane and on the freighter plane, the freighter plane will have a higher weight load factor because it simply can carry less weight per cubic meter than a passenger plane can. Okay, so... Apologies, this is becoming a bit too technical. Well, it really does seem, based on what you've said, that more than the type of cargo changing, it really is, it's dependent on new aircraft types. That was the start of it, Mm -hmm. yes. Uh, but um, the difference is now being uh, it's being pushed further apart because also now on the demand side, the freight side, there is a development uh, where we see lower density goods taking a larger share of the total market, which will just make it worse. Meaning the difference between the traditional load factor and the dynamic load factor. Okay, and yes, on that point, um, since you announced the launch of your new analysis, you've also released a report on the global air cargo market for early January through early February. And 
while IATA hasn't released January results yet, based on December results, uh, your dynamic load factor is, as you've said, much higher than the traditional load factor. Uh, with such a, a different take on this performance metric, are there any other market trends or insights that you've been able to observe that traditional load factor analysis has missed? Well, what we see is that the the trend is more or less the same. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, and why we why we started this is that um, even though the trend might be the same, it makes all the difference perception wise uh, whether an industry is in the high sixties or low seventies when it comes to utilization. We're in the high 40s. That could cause all sorts of misconceptions with shippers, uh, with regulators, uh, with airports. So it's, it's not so much the trend um, where we see, um, where we have the biggest concern. It is more the, the absolute number uh, where, we, where we strongly believe that uh, this industry should uh, embrace a different metric to avoid the confusion of people think that planes are half empty. And you might be surprised how many people actually think, based on the numbers that are published by IATA, that people think that airfare capacity you know, is less than 50% utilized. Yes, uh, I know that uh, I've I've heard uh, people questioning you know, why is all this capacity still in the market if, if the load factors have been so low? But but your explanation then is that it's not as low as it seems. No, it's it's, uh, it's pretty decent considering that a lot of that capacity um, comes into the market uh, while there's actually no demand for it. It's a byproduct of the passenger. Uh, demand uh, and so far this industry has been well we some uh, on the on the on the white body and the freighter flights uh, we see that a dynamic load for close to 70 percent is far more realistic and for more representative and actually prettier than the close to 50 percent mark the traditional uh, case okay well this has been very informative uh Thank you again for joining us, Neil. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of On Air with Air Cargo World. Download and listen to this podcast and other episodes at aircargoworld.com and on iTunes and Spotify.